spiritual slang like God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Or won't he do it? Because <laughs> you know he really will. Hey. Welcome to Spiritual Slang. What's up, y'all? I feel like I haven't started an episode exactly like that in so long because this season has is season two. We're in season two of Spiritual Slang, but um, this season has been a lot of like video and I've been in a studio, so it's been different and having people on and guests and stuff. So it's just different, so I haven't started like that, but I am back to my roots for today's episode. I am so excited. I'm literally excited. I know I say that a lot, but I, today, well, as you can kind of tell already, today's episode is going to be just an audio. I wanted to come on here and talk for a little bit and um, just discuss some things, you know? This is like how I started the podcast. This is like the roots of it, getting on a microphone, just me in the microphone and just talking about my experiences and what I've been through in order to help people. And so today that's what I wanted to do. And so it's literally like almost 9 p.m. And I am, fine, I'll say it. I'm in my closet. (laughs) I like to record in my closet when I do just audio because it sounds better, but I am in my closet and I am recording this and I just feel like amazing. (laughs) I know that sounds funny, but it feels so good because it just reminded me of like the core of what this podcast is and reminded me of when I first recorded this, this podcast for the first time being so nervous and not knowing what was going to come of it and how God was going to use it and what did he really tell me this and all of that. And just to like see where it's come, but also to go back to like the same place where I started it because I still live in the same apartment and I started it in this apartment. Like it just ignited like a fresh fire in me to like continue to do this and con- to continue to like just help those out there, you know, or create a safe space for people to know that they're not alone in all the things that they do or all the things that they're going through or experiencing. Anyways, so that's why I'm super excited. I feel really good. I feel really like at my North Star, like home in the safe place. And I'm excited to talk today, tonight, whatever. (laughs) Whenever you guys listen to this, that'll be a different time zone, but, or time. Anywho, so for those that are new, I'm Chanel. I'm the host. I know I already kind of introed a bunch, but I'm the host of this amazing podcast that God has entrusted me with. And I created Spiritual Slang, um, just some background to help people who look like me, not on the outside, but on the inside. And what I mean by that is to help those that have been through similar things or are going through things that I've been through um, in, in a way to just help people and let them know that they're not alone in what they experience. And I truly believe that everything I've went through in my life and that I'm continuing to go through is so that God can use as a testimony to help those in similar situations. Also, like kind of in the synopsis of what this podcast is about, um, I hope that with sharing my experiences, it brings some sort of light um, into any darkness that you may be going through. 
uh, just to remind you that there is light at the end of every dark tunnel. And if I could get through it, you could too. And this podcast is an example and continues to be, and I'll keep saying it, a light at the end of so many dark tunnels for me. So that is the details on why I created Spiritual Slang. So welcome. And if you're not new, hi again. Um, so today, today's going to be like a super casual episode. We're just going to talk about a few things. And this episode is going to be about what I learned in therapy. And this is technically part two, because I did another what I learned in therapy. And it seems like it really helped people and it had a good like response. So I wanted to do another one because I have notes on notes in my phone app of all the things that I've learned in therapy because I would always anytime I went um, on a session like after I would write in my notes app like what I've learned what we talked about and kind of all of that and so now I'm here to share it you know it's like I guess it's not free therapy but it's I don't know I'm taking my learnings and sharing it with y'all anyways (laughs) so yeah let's get into it um therapy is an amazing resource, I personally think, but more so I started therapy because, and I talked about this in the last episode I did about therapy, but I'll say it again, just in case you didn't hear that episode. I started therapy because I came to a point in my growth where I had gotten saved by God and 2017 is when I started walking with the Lord. And from 2017 until 2022, God had grown me so much and he's continuing to grow me, but he had developed me so much, revealed so many things to me, um, showed me like things about my past, showed me things about my present, showed me like where he was taking me, who I was and all those things. But then there came a point in my growth where he was like, I now need you. Or I felt like the Holy Spirit was really leading me to therapy where it was like, you've come so far, you've come as far as you can at this point. Now I need you to go into therapy so that you can speak to someone else um, and they can, you know, tell you their expertise and everything like that. And you're able to kind of express yourself more and grow more, essentially. And now that I look back at it, I think it also was important for me to be able to communicate. Therapy, amongst all the other things it taught me and revealed about like how my past was affecting my present, it also just taught me how to communicate. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the reasons why the Lord had me go to therapy, because I needed to be better at communicating my feelings, what I was experiencing, my thoughts, um, everything that was going on inside my head, inside of me, instead of like keeping it all to myself and never letting it come out. And so, yeah, it helped me better communicate because in therapy, whoever the patient is, that's going to be the person communicating the most. Like the therapist is just going to is not like if you're not talking, then you guys are going to sit there silent. So yeah, it definitely helped me communicate too. But that's why I went into therapy. I got so far as far as I could get with just doing the work on my own. But now it was time to like involve another person while still keeping God at the center. Um, so some of the things I've learned, well, some more things that I've learned that I haven't talked about previously. We'll just jump right into it. One of the main things I learned was to like honor myself in every moment. Um, and honoring myself looks like kind of like honoring your peace, honoring your boundaries, honoring like what you feel you need and want in life. You know, like I feel like a lot of times we can honor other people's needs and wants or we can honor their time or honor 
you know, like what they want. Um, so if someone says, like, don't call me past 10 p.m., you're like, OK, I'm going to honor that and not call you past 10 p.m. because you told me to. But I find it harder to like honor myself sometimes more than it is more than honoring other people. You know, like I find it easier to honor other people than myself. Um, but I learned in therapy that like it's so important important to honor myself in order to have peace because like if you're not honoring yourself you're essentially dishonoring yourself I mean that's basically what the opposite is you know and there's only so far you can get in dishonoring yourself before you start to feel like your inner peace disrupted um or you start to feel like just like not yeah your inner peace disruptive disrupted like there's not much to say after that and so I learned that like it was important for me to honor myself by honoring my time, honoring my boundaries, honoring like my true wants and needs, like not what I want to do for someone else because I'm afraid of how they'll react or because they want me to or whatever. But like honoring what I need, what I want, my time, my boundaries. Um, and so by doing so, like some of the things that I learned to do was like, don't be so quick to answer a call. And so there'd be times and this is even now sometimes this will happen where I have to kind of assess it for a second but like there'll be moments where I'm like okay I want to get home from work and I just want to chill I need the time to myself I need some god time or I need my own intentional time for me um and so I'm going to use that time to go home I'm going to sit I'm going to eat maybe watch a YouTube video uh, maybe read a book and just honor that time right but then I'll get home and someone will call me and I would be so quick to answer the call before like sitting. I would just be so quick to answer the call. And that essentially would dishonor, you know, like my time and like myself, because it's like I knew that I needed that intentional time by myself to feel better, to feel peace um, or that intentional time with God. But instead of honoring what I told myself I was going to do for myself, I answered that phone call. And a lot of times that phone call would lead to like a two hour conversation. And so by the time I'm done with that, it's like, okay, well, I don't have time to do like the other things that were going to help me feel peace and joy and stuff. So I learned to like assess every moment and see if it fits my life or me in that time. And so it's like, I mean, there might be moments where it's like, it's not like you have to assess every call, but it's just a matter of like, have I done what I need to do for myself? before I answer this call and it could be anything really it's like honoring your own boundaries when it's like I've told people like before I used when I would date like people or I would be dating someone I don't know why I said it like that but before when I would be dating someone I'd um I'd like I had this boundary that I had set where it was like if I was just dating them and talking to them or whatever and getting to know them then like I didn't want them calling me past a certain time right like I didn't I think my time was actually past 10 p.m. like that was a boundary I had set for myself so say if I was dating someone and they called me past that time and I answered which that has happened before and that was even like a boundary for me even with guy friends to be honest where I didn't want to talk past a certain time to like anyone of the opposite sex um past like 10 p.m. but like there were moments where some people would call me past 10 p.m. and they didn't I don't think they had any ill intent or anything but I would answer because I wouldn't assess the moment I'd just be like okay cool I could talk and then I would answer it and then I would think back and be like 
wait, don't I have a boundary? And it's like, that's dishonoring myself, you know, that's disrupting my peace because now I'm like, well, I'm not being a woman of my word by setting boundaries and not keeping them. I'm kind of being double-minded because I'm not doing what I say I'm going to do. And therefore, I'm dishonoring myself. And so, yeah, I just like learned how important it was to honor yourself in order to have peace. And in order to honor yourself, you just have to assess every moment, everything, um, and just see if it lines up with your life and your and your values and your characters, character and your morals before being so quick to say yes to something or being so quick to answer a phone or go on a date or whatever the case is, you know, see if it's honoring yourself. Speaking more on just like learning yourself and becoming your most truest, authentic, realist version of yourself. Um, I learned how important it was to be like intentional about spending time with yourself. I think that kind of goes back to the last point that I was talking about because I don't think you'll know how to honor yourself unless you know yourself. And in order to get to know yourself, you have to spend intentional time being alone. And so I learned that like, and this was like at a point in my life where I felt very, like I was kind of in a season of transition or more so in a season of just who am I really? right? Like, who am I to the core? What do I actually like? What do I actually need? What brings me peace? What doesn't? What brings me joy? What doesn't? Like, I was really in a space of self-discovery. And this wasn't that long ago, to be honest. But, and I think, like, as we grow as humans, like, we're rediscovering ourselves every six months sometimes, you know? But I was in one of those spaces where I was trying to discover who I was because for so long I had been the type of person to kind of go with the go with everybody else's likes right so it's like if I had friends that like to do certain things and I also like to do those things or if I had was in relationships and they were a fan of certain things I was also a fan of that and so I was kind of like never really valuing my own like wants needs joys things like that and more so like I was like more so adapting to like whatever environment I was in but I knew what I liked kind of but I didn't value them or like really spend time to see like how much I liked them or how much those things brought me joy and so I learned like through therapy that like how important it was to spend intentional time with myself to get to know myself you know and I think through that I mean, and I think that also happens when you're in therapy anyway, because you're also learning so much about your past or how your past is affecting your present that you even grow to know, know your triggers and your traumas and all the things like that. So, I mean, I think it's just testament to the time for sure. But um, yeah, like I, it's so important to be, to know you. And I think before you know you, like until you know you, you won't know what you need in a person you won't know what you need out of a job you won't know you know like the time you need to yourself the time you need for social life like all those things and therefore like I said it won't you won't know how to honor yourself and so um I just yeah I spent time learning that and spending time with myself but I think what that also taught me was like 
how to be comfortable with who I am. Like I said, I always was like the type of person that adapted to environments. So sometimes I would find myself trying to be more like someone else, to be honest. Like I would find myself trying to be more like a friend or more like someone that I saw or someone that I admired instead of just being more like me, you know? And so in spending intentional time with myself, I was also able to grow to love myself, to grow to see the uniqueness that I have, you know, and it's not that only these people I see on Instagram or only these friends I have are unique and different and fun and cool, but it's like, I'm also that if I just spent the time to get to know myself and understand my quirks and uniqueness and all the things. Um, And so, yeah, that taught me like how to be comfortable with myself, which also I will say showed me how to show up better in different environments, like in different spaces, I learned how to like be myself, you know, and be more outspoken and not be worried about what other people are thinking of me or how they're responding to what I'm saying or anything of that sort, because I knew my heart and I knew and I was comfortable with myself. I guess like to continue on the thought of knowing yourself and the space of that I was in during this time, which was growth, rediscovery, relearning your identity, all the things that have to do with you. Um, I was approaching an age that I was scared to approach. I guess I'll say it. No, <laughs> I still am so weird about saying it, but I'm fi- it's fine. It's a beautiful age. It's beautiful to like get to this age. Um, but I was approaching 30 around this time of like the next thing that I, I'm going to talk about learning. So I was approaching 30 and I was kind of in a space of feeling, I don't know, it was an interesting space because I was feeling kind of sad, but then I was a little excited not to turn 30, but because I was having a party for it, (laughs) but I was like, I was kind of sad over it. Um, And I remember talking to my therapist about it in one of the sessions that we had and I was like, we were kind of just breaking down why like I felt sad about it and and it you know in therapy they're not going to accept an answer like oh well it's just the age I mean I guess if it's really that then they will accept it but they will probably dig and try to figure out if it's anything deeper and that's basically what my therapist did he dug deeper and was like what is it really about and this is why I love therapy too actually real quickly because I actually remember the exact moment when I was talking about this and it's one of those moments where (laughs) someone asks you a question you know the answer but you're also thinking in your head like oh I don't know if that's gonna sound bad or how I'm gonna sound saying that so like maybe I won't say it and so you're trying to like kind of thinking in your head like a workaround or is there anything else I could say or maybe I could just brush it off right and so I was having one of those moments when he was asking me but then I was like Chanel this is therapy for a reason be intentional about talking. Just say what you're actually feeling. Don't try to like sugarcoat it or do a workaround so that you sound better or you don't sound a certain way or look bad or anything like that. Like that's not what this is about. And so I just told them, and this is why it's like amazing for communication and communicating your feelings and thoughts and not being worried about like, am I going to sound crazy? Am I going to sound like hopeless or 
or like sad or something like it's just like no just express how you're feeling and so I remember telling um my therapist that the reason I felt sad about turning 30 is because I didn't have a boyfriend or husband and that's one of those things where it's like it's a touchy subject to talk about turning a certain age and not being in a relationship because I feel like for like our whole lives are so we're so accustomed to being like 30 is the age where you have to have like the house the kids the husband the job you know like society kind of like makes you think that you know and you and I think also when I was younger I I felt like 30 was like old (laughs) when you're younger you think like 30 is old you know like you're like oh by 30 like you're way past your prime like you're old now and we just live in a time where that's so different which I'm thankful for like 30s are the new 20s they say no but we do live in a time that's so different because there's so many people like doing so much purpose things and um and there's like women working and and just going after their own passions and we're independent and um, go-getters and all the great things so it just looks different nowadays but I think when something is like um like planted in your mind for so long like by 30 you'll have this x y and z and then when you're finally reaching that age and you don't have you only have like one out of three of those things then you're like well where's my life you know um but in that time I did try to remember like that it was like a different time these days and society is not the way it used to be and like things are different but it was it's still hard because you're so conditioned to think a certain way that you have to like change your perspective on it you know and so I had told him like I was sad because I didn't have a boyfriend or I wasn't like really in a relationship I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't didn't have a husband obviously so um and in that like I was able to kind of come get the revelation which was basically that like and this is like something that might sound like okay well that's easier said or whatever or that's just a saying or whatever but like it was actually true for me and it's true for a lot of us that are like craving or wanting a relationship but don't have one and the reality is is like I had to remember that I was becoming someone in that time you know like I was becoming someone like God was building me shaping me um and creating me to be the person that would be able to handle the relationship that he brought. Because like I said before, like in that time, and this time isn't even that long ago, so I don't want it to sound like it's years ago, but in the space that I was in during that time was a space of like self-discovery, you know, like rediscovering what I want, what I like, who I am, and also for the very first time, like surrendering the idea of having to be with someone by the time of 30, you know, because I had to because I wasn't with someone. So yeah, um, I guess the lesson I learned from that was like, don't allow like what society is like telling you or what you've always thought to not allow you to kind of see like the beauty of the season you're in, you know, and it's like, there's a reason why you don't have the job you want right now, or there's a reason why you don't have the person that you want right now. And 
a lot of times it's like God is building you to become the person for whatever that is that you're waiting for. And I know it's hard because when you're getting built, you're like, well, I feel like I'm ready already. But it's like we don't actually know what we're ready for. You know, we don't know what's on the other side of the process that we're going through or the building that's happening or the stripping or the pruning or any of of that. And so only God knows who we need to be in order to lay hold of that. And so just trusting the process is basically what I gained from that was like trusting the process. And that definitely changed because your girl is no longer single, but that is for another episode. (laughs) Um, So let's move on from that. But um, yeah, I just like learned to like trust the process in it all. Another lesson that I've learned from therapy is about comparison. And a lot of these like lessons that I'm going to say are kind of going to like give a little hint into my past because the lesson involves how my past affects my present. Um, But yeah, the next lesson I learned was about comparison and I would find myself, I was talking to my therapist and I was talking about like me constantly finding myself, not constantly, but there'd be moments where I'll find myself comparing me to other people. And I think that's normal for a lot of us. Like we can, especially with social media, we tend to compare our lives to others, what we have to others, what we don't have. And all of that comes from like a lack mentality, I feel like. Like anytime we're comparing ourselves, it leads to us feeling like we're lacking something. And let me just say, just because you don't have something that someone else says does not mean you're lacking. I mean, what? (laughs) Let me just say, just because you don't have something that someone else does does not mean that you lack anything. Like my path is different from yours. Your path is different from theirs. Everything like that someone else has doesn't mean I have to have you know like what I have is what I need in this time in this season because that's what God's given me so I just want to put that out there but like everyone else I would compare myself consistently and there's still times that like I compare myself now and I I try to get my mind out of it and remember like these moments but um so in truth therapy form you talk about everything and so I was just talking about comparing myself and we had kind of broken it down to like why I was doing it which I learned was because that's kind of the way I grew up you know and not I grew up like in a super competitive household or anything but I did grow up with sisters three sisters love them all but it was four girls in the house and all of us are only like two to three years apart and so it felt like like I think in Unfortunately, sometimes in women, we can be competitive. And so it always felt like one of us was comparing ourselves to the other. Um, And so when you grow up like that, like that doesn't just leave when you leave your mom's house or your parents' house, like it comes with you unless you address it. So I learned like kind of how like how you how growing up in a household of a woman can affect the way you show the way you view yourself once you leave the house. And so there was always some sort of comparison, especially because, um, which I've talked about before, but like, I think my sisters would sometimes compare like what I had to what they had because they would like to say that I was like the golden child or like the special one or whatever. And so even though I wasn't doing it, I was around it. 
but then I did find myself comparing myself to them as well. And so that all just worked together. And in like that comparison, I would find myself feeling jealous or of like what other people were doing when I would see it. Um, And this is like talking present day. And so when I was kind of like unpacking that in therapy, I realized that the reason I would feel jealous is because when I would see other people doing things that I wanted to do or having things that I wanted, as I said, like it revealed areas, areas in me that I was lacking. And so just for an example and not to be too vague or anything, but like, I feel like if I felt the need, if I felt this like want and need to like create content and, and put things out there and stuff, but then I wasn't doing it and I saw someone else doing it, then I would feel like jealousy of some sort, or I would be like comparing myself to them. And so I learned that like, if I just focused and stayed disciplined on what I was doing and my own path, like I would have no time to be worried or insecure about what anyone else was doing. Because if you're just focused on what you're doing, your eyes are on your stuff, your purpose, your path, where they aren't wandering into other people's lanes. But when you're just ignoring your own things or you're just ignoring what you're doing or just forgetting what you what you have going on in your own lane like your eyes start to wander you know and it's like and and even though I learned that like there's still moments where I find myself still comparing and I'm just having to like reroute my eyes back to my own path and be like Chanel but you have your own things Chanel you have your own things like focus on your own things and your path will be fine like and I think also when you feel like you have your stuff together and you're on it and you're consistent and you're disciplined, like you're only happy for other people, you know, because you're like, well, I'm doing it. So are they. It's not like what they're doing is revealing lack in you because you already know that you're doing your best um, and showing up how you need to show up. Basically, that lesson is focus on your lane or Actually, it's if you're focused on your lane, you won't have time to compare or get jealous of anyone else's because you'll also be operating because you'll also be doing great in your own stuff. You know, everyone has their own things. Everyone has their own purpose. Like we all have the ability to do the desires that are in our heart, but it's just about like who's willing to be disciplined and stay focused to do it. And so, yeah. Another thing that I had to confront in therapy and then there was a lesson that came from it, of course, was the anger and rage that would build up in me. I don't know if I've talked about this. I don't know why I feel like I have all of a sudden, but I don't think I have really. Maybe briefly. But there would be like moments or yeah, there'd be moments where I would get upset and or something would like make me upset or not go the way. I had planned it to go or whatever and I would get like this anger and rage that would build up in me and it's like hard to really explain it because it's like I don't know it just feels like my blood is boiling (laughs) to be honest like that's the best way I can explain it because it's all internal right like I just feel like heated and I could understand if it's something crazy that would happen to me but it sometimes it'd be like little things like things just not going my way or um people like 
I don't know. Like, it would just be like little things, not even anything crazy serious. And I was, but it would affect me so much. And I, so I brought that up before in therapy and I was like, I don't understand where that comes from really, or why it's like that deep when it's could be something as simple as, um, someone telling me wrong information. (laughs) Like that's not that big of a deal. But when I was unpacking it, it was kind of revealed like how your communication patterns in the way you grew up, like how those are linked to how you communicate now. And I'm not just talking about regular communication because of course that, but also like your communication when you get upset, when something is wrong. Like I, there's like different forms of communication, right? There's like regular communication, like me talking to you. And then there's like the way you communicate in arguments or in confrontations. And I learned that the reason I I had rage build up in me and like I wasn't able to properly communicate when I was in a confrontation or argument or anything like that was because of the way I grew up. And I love my family dearly. So if you're listening to this, close your ears. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I was raised in a family that we didn't really know how to communicate when we were angry. So instead of communicating regular with a regular tone, we would always lash out or yell or, um, yeah, or snap at each other. But we, or have an attitude or, yeah, or yell, like I said. So we didn't know how to communicate in arguments. And that affected me in a couple ways because one, as an adult, I didn't know how to communicate my feelings when something made me upset. So instead of saying like, hey, just to let you know this, what you did or what you said made me feel this sort of way or made me feel upset, I would just not say anything at all. So that was building up inside of me to a point where I would, if it, I let it build up so much inside of me, then I would just lash out about something else later. And then two, it affected me because instead of learning how to communicate at an even tone and you know, communicating through your arguments or your issues, I was lashing out. And so not only was I not speaking at all, but then when I did speak and not even my feelings about it, more so just being angry and projecting, I was doing it in a tone that was disrespectful, to be honest. So I like kind of learned how you were raised to communicate in arguments or confrontation affects you as an adult but also that like it takes work to fix it. It takes work to like if you've done something so long for a certain way, like it's not just going to be better overnight. And so even to this day, like I will have moments where I get upset about something and I'll just let it, my blood will boil and I'll like have a tone when I say it to the person or have a tone with someone else if I don't ever say it to the person. And so but it always convicts me the Lord will always convict me on it every time. And I'm just like, oh, I have to work on that. But yeah, like to this day, it's still work, but it's essential communication skills. You know, like you, it's not only about communicating regular, but it's also how you communicate in arguments. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's that thought. (laughs) Um, One of the other last things I'll say, well, second to last thing I'll say about what I learned in therapy was FOMO. I mean, I already knew what FOMO was, fear of missing out. 
but I was talking about FOMO in my therapy session and I was saying how I would have it because I was always afraid of like being forgotten or left behind, you know, and I think that stemmed definitely from like abandonment issues with my dad not being in my life and and kind of just like my own self-image of not being enough and things like that. And so if you think you're not enough, then you're then you're going to think that you're easily forgotten or it'll be like um even if you don't physically think that like it might be like a subconscious thing because of what you've been through. So I would experience FOMO pretty badly where I would just say yes to a lot of things because I didn't want to miss out on what was going to happen. I didn't want to be forgotten. I didn't want to be left behind. I didn't want people to have insiders without me there. Like, yeah, all those things. And so, but I would end up saying yes to things that I really didn't want to say yes to. Like I really didn't want to go to, or I would extend myself to the point of not having peace or to the point of being tired or or whatever, because I didn't, because I was afraid of missing out. And then I I had mentioned this on another episode, but then that's when like my therapist had asked me like, what makes you think you're so forgotten? And I said, basically, I don't think, or he was like, what makes you think you're so forgettable? And I said, I don't think I'm so forgettable. And then that in itself just like healed me because it was like, wait, my first response was that I don't think I'm forgettable. So then why am I thinking I'm going to be forgotten, you know? And so now it's way different. And Although there are still moments sometimes where I feel like I have FOMO, I more so have JOMO, which is joy of missing out. I had I had actually posted something on my story. We have to go to that real quickly because I want to see what it was. But um, it was talking about JOMO, which is J-O-M-O, and that means joy of missing out. It was saying joy of missing out is the feeling is feeling content with staying in and disconnecting as a form of self-care. I love that because that's me. Like now I've changed like my thought processes of like, don't be afraid of missing out. Like it's okay to enjoy friends and to go do things and everything like that. But if it's going to compromise, if you're going to compromise your peace, I guess it goes back to honoring yourself too. But like if you're going to compromise your peace on that, don't be afraid like say no, you know? Um, and so my whole vibe is Jomo now because I am all about saying no, if I'm not going to have peace, like, because what it always looks like for me, if I end up saying yes, knowing I should have said no, is that I go somewhere and although I'm with people that I love or hang out, um, or just with people socializing, it's like, I'm thinking about, well, I should have stayed home because I'm tired or because I'm tired now, I'm not being as social or I'm not communicating as much because I'm kind of feeling introverted because I'm because I'm sleepy or I worked all day and I should have stayed home, but I was afraid of missing out. So now I'm here and I can't leave and all those things. And so just like be OK with missing out, I guess is the lesson here for sure. Like that's what I've learned is that you're not forgettable, like your friends aren't going to leave you or forget you if you're someone that dealt with abandonment like me don't be afraid of being forgotten. Like you're not forgettable. You contribute something to everything you are in, every relationship you're in, every friendship, all those things. And so be okay with saying no in order as a form of self-care, like miss out on it. There's always going to be another something. And if there's not, then you go to something else. (laughs) Like it doesn't. Yeah. So be okay with missing out. 
And then the last thing I'll say was um, that I learned in therapy, and this is kind of a quick one, and it's it's very like direct and clear, but basically is don't downplay your gifts. I was always someone that kind of downplayed my gifts. Like I am a marketer, or that's what I do. I'm a, I'm in marketing, and I would like kind of like when people would give me some sort of praises on it or like, you know, affirm me in it or whatever, like I kind of would downplay it. And I think it, I don't know, I think it stems from many things. I learned that it stemmed from like me not being enough, not feeling like I was enough. Actually, I am enough, but not feeling like I was enough in anything I did. And so when people would give me praises, even on this podcast, I'd be like, yeah, but it could have been this or in marketing, I'm just like, it feels uncomfortable to receive that those type of compliments, you know, so I would downplay my gifts. So I think it, it does definitely stem from like the thoughts that I would have of not being enough. But then I think it also would stem from the fact that I didn't, um, that I didn't go to school for marketing. You know, it was something I learned in the field, as they say. <laughs> I got a job in marketing and, and my old boss taught me everything I know. And that's kind of how I've, I've been in this career. So I... Yeah, so I would kind of just like, I think that kind of created insecurity for me about that, about my marketing skills. And so I would just downplay it. And I would, or because I was a perfectionist, I was always thinking that I could be doing more in anything I did. And so when people would give me praises or compliments, I'd downplay them because I haven't in the back of my head, well, I could have been doing this better or I know I could do this better or whatever. Or I don't know if I'm even that good of a marketer. And so, the lesson I learned was kind of just like, be proud of what you are doing, no matter like if you could have done better on something or if something could have looked better or sounded better or whatever it is, like you're still doing it. And so don't downplay your gift. Like no gift is small, you know, and like we all have our own gifts and we some, some they all look different and the way we execute them looks different. And so it's like be proud of them, whatever they are, you know, it makes us who we are and even if things are not perfect in your eyes nothing is perfect so it's still a gift whether you did it good or well or or to your standards or not like it's still a gift and so just yeah like be proud of your gifts and what you can do and so now I'm just like kind of like when I receive compliments or praises I'm just like praise God <laughs> I'm just kidding, but definitely that but also just like it still feels a little comfortable, uncomfortable, but I'm also, I also like try to give myself a pat on the back and be like, Chanel, you actually are doing it. Like you are really doing the dang thing. You are really marketing and being a podcast. Like not everyone does that. And so be proud of yourself for that. Um, so yeah, don't downplay your gifts or yourself. Anywho, that is a wrap on tonight's episode or today's episode, wherever, whatever time of day it is. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back if this is not your first time. And thanks again for coming on if this is your first time. But I hope this episode helped you in any way. I hope my therapy lessons helped you in any sort of way that it, that they did. Uh, I, As I said, like I go through things and I talk about it. This is a safe space to talk about all things life, all things that go in our head, all things mental health all things just self-growth and self-care and so yeah um 
I'm just happy to be doing it. Happy to be here. Nonetheless, I'll just end this episode. I'll close it out because now I'm rambling, but I'll close it out how I close out every episode. So first I'll say, be okay with things not going exactly how you plan them to go. And the reason I actually say that is because I would have never thought that I would be recording an audio episode in the way that I used to because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm only doing video now. But audio episodes are fun. You know, it feels like I'm just talking to some people, like even though I'm by myself, but I just feel like I'm on the phone. And so they're fun. And so don't be afraid. Don't be like sad or upset or yeah, like be, just because things don't look exactly how they planned that does not mean that they're still not good. Another thing I'll say is spend time with yourself. Learn yourself. Know what you love. um, Know what you don't love. And that way you can better honor yourself with jobs and people and relationships and friendships and all the things. And then the last thing I'll say, which is what I always say, is stay prayed up, y'all. God is where it's at and I am a living testimony of it. All right. Bye.